You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unhacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to everybody listening and watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the podcast listeners later on. Hello to you as well. We are live. You can jump on the chat. We'd love to hear what you're convinced of from the week in sports. And as we head toward the rest of the summer, what are you convinced of right now as we head into NBA free agency? Wow. A lot of intrigue there coming off the NBA draft. And so we will discuss a lot of that today on the show. Uh, what did you think of the draft, and and what do you think of of some of these names being thrown around in trade conversations and free agency conversations? It should be another, uh, just another fascinating summer in the NBA, and I I almost love this time of year in the NBA as much as any other time. I mean, the finals were great this year, but I love the, I guess baseball calls it the hot stove league, but it's kind of that way in the NBA right around 4th of July, always a lot of fun. So we'd love to know your thoughts on that. I've been getting a lot of texts about the NBA lately, even more so than during the playoffs. So that, that makes it fun. Uh, today on the show, uh, we will do unpack this about the Detroit Lions avoiding floaters. That's right. Let that soak in. Um, and so we're going to talk about that from a spiritual standpoint and and how we can avoid being floaters in our own lives and, and what it means to drift and what it means to just go through the motions. And, and so I think it'll be an encouraging uh, conversation for all of us today. And, and then also we, we've got some great questions uh, for tap drill today. Henry is back. We're going to say hello to him in just a moment. Uh, but Luke is still on his cruise. He gets back this week, uh, but we missed him the last couple of weeks. And, and so he'll be, he'll be back and, and ready to go here soon, uh, but but looking forward to uh, to catching up with him. Both of our interns are here today. One is here in the studio. We'll hear from Landon in just a bit. We also have another intern, CJ, who's working behind the scenes. So that's our team. Chris is our producer. He he helps uh, on the editing side after the show as well. So uh, so thanks everybody that's involved with unpacking it. I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out metashare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare offers programs for every budget, and, and so they'll customize it to fit you and your family. And, and so the best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And so you can go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. And if nothing else, check out that website today. There's a picture of my family. So we've now updated that website. 
and it's a, a picture of my two beautiful girls and my beautiful wife. So, uh, yeah, if you're stuck seeing me too, but uh, go see uh, the beautiful women in my life uh, on metashare.com slash unpacking it. And then while you're there, figure out if, hey, maybe MetaShare is an option for, for you and your family. And, and so my family, we've been members uh, for over six years and encourage you to check it out. A couple other things to mention before we really dive in, uh, and I'm going to let you know what I'm convinced of in regards to fathers and sons in sports. And so we'll do that in a moment. But I did want to say this. Um, in July, we're actually going to take some time off from the live show. So we'll still have other podcasts going out, uh, but July, a little bit slower uh, on the sports front. And, and so I'm going to take some, some time as well to get refueled, spend some time with the Lord, spend some time with my family. Uh, so I'll be, you know, energetic and excited, hopefully, when I return. And, and we'll, we'll bring some of that energy to this live show once again. But in the meantime, uh, don't be alarmed. We'll be back, uh, but we will take a couple weeks off. Um, and, and then of course the 4th of July week we're off, uh, as well. Um, so we'll see you later on in July and, uh, we'll keep you posted on that, but let's, uh, let's jump into, I'm convinced. And, and then after that, we'll say hello to Henry and he was at the travelers championship and we want to hear about his time there. Uh, the, the golf tournament over the weekend, Xander Shoffley got the win. And uh, so we'll hear what the uh, what the experience like was like for Henry, because uh, just a few weeks ago, Luke was at the golf tournament. So everybody's got golf tournaments in their hometown. Uh, mine is coming to Charlotte, the uh, President's Cup in, uh, I guess, September. So that should be fun. All right. So here's what I'm convinced of today. I'm convinced it's better to be a son of a good or average professional athlete versus being a son of a great athlete. Because you have a stronger chance to have a more successful playing career if that's the case. Because let's go through some of the names in today's game, but then also older players that, that have already finished their careers. So here are some guys who proved that it was great that they had a, a, a dad that was, you know, pretty good at pretty good at sports, followed in his footsteps but ultimately exceeded the career that their dad had. How about Kobe Bryant? So his dad, uh, Joe Jellybean Bryant, decent career, played in the NBA, played overseas. Steph Curry, who we've been celebrating. Del Curry was an awesome Charlotte Hornet, good three-point shooter. Steph took what his dad did, and then now he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Clay Thompson, same type of thing. His dad, Michael, averaged over 13 points a game, was pretty good. He won two championships with the Lakers, but Clay Thompson has doubled that. And, and so very impressive. Andrew Wiggins, his dad, Mitchell, played in, played in the NBA a little bit, but Andrew Wiggins is already better than him. Uh, Al Horford, his dad, Tito, just a little bit in the NBA. Um, and then you get to uh, other sports. Ken Griffey Jr., his dad played. Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. Was, was better. How about Patrick Mahomes? We're even taking a different sport. So Patrick Mahomes, which I think is maybe even a better decision, but Patrick Mahomes, his dad, Pat, was a kind of an average baseball pitcher. And now Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and a Super Bowl winner. So those are guys who proved this concept that it's, it's better to have a good or average professional athlete versus having a great you know, dad who was an awesome athlete. And so here are some new players in the NBA 
right now that I believe have a chance to also prove this theory correct moving forward. Coming out of the NBA draft, I am convinced that Jabari Smith Jr. will be way better than his dad, Jabari Smith Sr. And I'm also convinced that Jabari Smith Jr. will be the best player from this draft. At the moment, that's how I feel. I think Jaden and Ivy will be close, but I think Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, is going to have a, a tremendous career. In watching some of his interviews and, and just knowing how talented he is, what he did at Auburn, he's got all the skills, all the, the intangibles and the physical qualities to be a really good NBA player. And his dad, you know, kind of a journeyman guy, short career, and he was able to learn from his dad, but now be even even better. All right, what about A.J. Griffin, who went to the Atlanta Hawks? Of course, former Dukey. His dad, Adrian Griffin, decent player. I remember him when, when he was playing, but AJ's, AJ's going to be way better than his dad, and it's going to benefit him in a big way. Jalen Brunson, who's looking to get big money, maybe goes to Henry's Knicks in the offseason or stays with Luke's Dallas Mavs. Uh, but his dad, Rick Brunson, uh, end-of-the-bench type of player, and Jalen Brunson is becoming a star. And then Sabonis in Sacramento compared to his dad, Arvidas. He's not my Vetus. He's not your Vetus. He's our Vetus. But he's a former player. Henry liked that joke. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think it was Dan Patrick that used to do that. Somebody on SportsCenter used to do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, DeMontis Sabonis is going to be a, a, a re- he already is a really good NBA player. Throw in Jaron Jackson Jr. and throw in Cole Anthony, whose dad, Greg, uh, was a little bit better than average. Decent, decent NBA career. So all those guys, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm following them. I'm watching them. Because their dads were mediocre, I think they have a chance to be really good to great in the NBA. However, let's now look at some of the dads who were unbelievable dads. Uh, not, not necessarily, I don't know what kind of dads they were, but they were great NBA players. Their sons tried to also follow in the footsteps, but they'll never be as, as good as their dad, or they never were as good as their dad. So how about Michael Jordan's kids? Oh, you feel bad for them. They played in college. That was it. LeBron's kids, will they be able to do it? A lot of pressure. I'm not so sure. How about Patrick Ewing's son? Ugh. John Stockton. Ugh. Bill Walton and Luke. Ugh. Shaq's kids. He's got his one son who just signed in the summer league with the Lakers. We'll see. It's, it's going to be a long road. Didn't, didn't really work out in college. Some injuries, though health issues we'll see uh what his son Sharif can do uh in the NBA summer league and then Scotty Pippen same thing he's going to the Lakers summer league but I think it's gonna be really tough because Scotty Pippen is an all-time great the dad um and then throw in Gary Payton you know the second he was okay with the Warriors but I don't think he'll ever be as good as his dad was with the Sonics and let's see he played for the did he play for he was great with the Sonics he bounced around he finished his career with the Lakers but um so there you go that's what I'm convinced of we'd love to know your thoughts on that who are some other players that come to mind and do you buy into this idea that yeah you wanted to have a dad that played in the NBA but you just want him to be average you don't want him to be one of the greats the all-time greats it's too hard to be that son it really is and now that gets us to another big story from the week Arch Manning deciding to go to Texas made his big recruiting decision and his dad is Cooper Manning. So he has the Manning name. He gets the benefits of his uncles, 
but he doesn't have to quite deal with the pressure of his dad. And, and unfortunately for Cooper, it was injury related. I think Cooper's still probably my favorite Manning brother. He's definitely the funniest. Uh, the other two are also funny, and I, I love the whole family. But but I think Arch has a, a good chance because as Cooper's son versus Peyton or Eli's kids, I'm not so sure that those those guys. I don't even know how many sons they have combined. But uh, I'm, I'll put my my stock in uh, in, in Arch. Uh, as he begins his career in, in Texas. And he might not play for a couple of years anyway. Uh, he'll, he'll have to earn his way at Texas. But they're building something there. I think that's a huge win for them to get back into relevancy. So uh, so that was, uh, of course, a, a very intriguing story because I was wondering where he was going to end up. And and the fact that he decided, eh, Tennessee, Peyton, no thanks. Ole Miss, Eli, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go Texas, pave my own my own trail a little bit. So there you go. Those are uh, some, some family relations and connections there. Uh, always fun to take a look at. All right, let's say hello to Henry Bieniemy, who uh, we'll hear more from during tap drill. But Henry would love to hear about the Travelers Championship this, this week up in Connecticut. How'd it go for you? And uh, what did you think of Xander Shoffley getting the win? With you guys, um, the, the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, located um, on TPC River Highland, um, was a great experience. It's always a great experience in Connecticut. As a matter of fact, it is the event in Connecticut. It's like our Super Bowl. Everybody <laughs> comes out. Everybody comes out for not just to watch the golfers, but just the experience all itself. And this is actually the first time since COVID that we've actually had an unlimited, a, unlimited fan attendance. Last year they had they kind of had to put a capper on it. The year before they didn't have anybody. They didn't have any fans on there so it was quite an experience to see the golfers go through and there's no fans cheering so now this year was the first year that they had an unlimited fan attendance and let me tell you uh we were there the radio station for iheart radio the, the iheart radio affiliate that uh that i work for we were there for the entire week from monday through sunday and i was there for monday tuesday and wednesday and even then you could see all of the staff, the volunteers, even some of the golfers come by. And I love to see the golfers come by early. They get to survey the field. They get to survey the tees. They get to walk around, kind of get lost in the situation. And you see that this to them, some of these guys are coming off of a U.S. Open and they want to build on that momentum. And other guys want to put the U.S. Open behind them, especially if they didn't, uh, if they didn't make the cut at the U.S. Open because the Travelers Championship is right off of the heels of the U.S. Open. And to your point with Xander Schauffele, Xander Schauffele is kind of like, and uh, we'll talk about this and in, in, uh, in unpack this for a little bit, is like he was kind of steady. You wouldn't know it, but once he got the lead, he was just that steady influence. Whereas you had guys like Rory McIlroy, who started off hot and then – just fell off the face of the earth. If you want to stay and call it uh, in the top 25, falling off the face of the earth cup, he was right there with Shoffley in the beginning. And then he fell off. He double bogeyed 15 and his shot went left and right. Kind of like the drifting that you're talking about, that you're going to talk about it, unpack this. It went left. It went right. It went in the bunkers. And then Patrick Cantlay, who was about six or seven shots off the lead on Friday, on Saturday goes uh, goes and hits a minus seven 
and is one shot behind Shoffley going into Sunday, and then he falls off. And then we have an unknown guy named Thigala who's making his charge, and he's coming for Xander. He's coming for Xander, but Xander's cool. He makes his putts, and he just he just kind of coasts right into the championship. So it was always a fun time at the Travelers. If you're in the Connecticut area, I always um, I always recommend that you that you take in the Travelers. It's a fun time. Everybody's invited. The kids love it. The fan zones, everything. It's a great time. Man, that's awesome. Love love hearing that. And it's funny. So you say Shawflay, I say Shawflee. I wonder what the answer is on that. You, you're more you're more on the souffle, yes, the souffle side of it. <laughs> the BNMA. I'm saying Z- Xander Shawflee. Uh, I don't know which way we come out on that. La- Landon, can you be the uh, the tiebreaker on that? Xander Shuffle. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. So let, let's jump into uh, unpack this and and want to actually talk about the Detroit Lions. So before you you tur- turn the channel, uh, before you scroll through social media, stick with us. I think it'll be encouraging to to all of us. And here's the deal: this year, the Detroit Lions are going to be on Hard Knocks. So we're going to be hearing a lot about the Lions, and all of us are at least familiar with the Lions because we watch them on Thanksgiving every year. I actually root for them. I want the Lions to be good. But the reality is they are a losing franchise. They have loyal fans, but they just haven't been able to figure things out. They haven't been able to get over the hump and and have any type of sustained success. They've tried lots of different coaches. They've had, you know, Matthew Stafford, who's a good number one pick at quarterback, you know, ultimately just couldn't get them over the hump. And we saw what he did with the, with the Rams. However, They have a new head coach in Dan Campbell, and I don't necessarily love everything that he says, but I I like his passion. I like that he's a former player. I like the toughness that he's bringing to the Lions, and he's trying to change the culture. He's trying to build a program there and and build a franchise and and, and change the mentality and the the aura surrounding the Lions. And and part of that is you got to bring in the right types of guys that are going to fit his style, his personality, his philosophy, and, and those are the types of guys that, that he's going after. And so they had a good draft. Uh, they drafted Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, so they're excited uh, about him. And, and when you look at their, their roster, you know, Jared Goff at least went to the Super Bowl with the Rams, so he's capable of it. But you bring him back, and now you surround him with DJ Chark. They bring him in. DeAndre Swift as a running back, I, I really like. Uh, and, and so they, they've had just kind of a, a number of kind of roster moves in the last couple of years in draft picks. Amon Ra, uh, St. Brown, um, great receiver last year, really came on midway through the season. And, and so anyway, they're, they're adding all these, these different players. And Campbell said this in, in a press conference this offseason in explaining the type of players that, that they're going after. He says, we are trying to avoid floaters. We don't want to draft floaters. Floaters are a guy who gets here and just kind of, there he goes. He's just in the open ocean. We want guys that are highly competitive and they love ball. They're not going to be per- perfect. They might not always say the right things. They mean well, but they love ball. They'll do anything for it and do anything for their teammates. In that regard, I'm elated with the guys we have 
and the vision. And, and so we understand this as fans, that there is a difference between NFL players who just you know go through the motions, they do the bare minimum, they're, they're just kind of floating around. They, you know, they show up, but they're, they're not as engaged, they're not as passionate, they're not as excited uh, about being there. And then the players who really love the game, the ones that are willing to make sacrifices. Tom Brady comes to mind. Uh, they love competing. They love winning. And they get on board with what their head coach asks them to do. And so they buy in. They're, they're all in. They're, uh, they're, they're, just, they're, they're passionate about what football is and what they need to do as, as professional athletes. And, and so they're willing to, to do whatever it takes. So how this parallels to us is in life, it's also true that there's a difference between someone who truly loves God, obeys his commands, makes sacrifices, and is willing to do anything for God versus a floater, someone who drifts through life, going through the motion, and even likes the idea of being a quote-unquote Christian but whose heart fully isn't devoted. It's not fully devoted to God. They don't truly love God. And, and so in first John, I'm gonna read a couple different verses here. First John tells us loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So if we love God, we'd love to do what he says. We, we wanna obey him, we wanna follow him. It's not burdensome. It's out of, it's out of a, a place of love and appreciation for who God is. And so, so, commandments, you know, compared to like for a football player, you know, practice, working hard, doing what's necessary. Yeah, no, no problem. I love it. I love God. I love doing what he, what he wants me to do in Hebrews. It warns us. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. And so if we're just casually listening to the word or casually reading the word and and not really letting it sink into who we are and not really, you know, loving God, loving his word, then we're, we're very, it's very likely we'll become drifters or floaters <laughs> and just drift, drift from the truth, drift from the, the, the path, the life that God has for us. Uh, in James, it gives us this challenge, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. There are a lot of NFL players just fooling themselves. Just going through the motions, trying, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll show up to practice, but they don't put, put in the work, and then they find themselves out of the league in three years. And so we wonder the difference. Talent, sure, a lot of talented players in the NFL, but it's the ones that really love the game and that love doing whatever's necessary. Um, and, and then in 1 John, it also says, uh, whoever says, I know him, talking about God, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected by this. We may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And so it's not about being perfect. It's about loving God and remaining committed to him. And, and so going back to Campbell's words about football players, it can actually, let, let, we'll replace a couple of the words and, and, and let this be, you know, an encouragement to us as followers of Jesus. Let, let, here's what kind of what Campbell said. They're not going to be perfect. They might not always say the right things. They mean well, 
but they love, not ball, but God. They'll do anything for it, rather anything for him, and do anything for their teammates. And so Campbell's talking about from a football perspective, but the same thing is true for us that, that yeah, we're not going to be perfect. We're not always going to say the right thing. We're not going to do the right thing. But if we love him and love our teammates, love people, then, you know, it comes from, we'll, we'll be able to do that because out of the love that God has shown us and, and the love that we want to respond with for him and, and for, for others. Um, and, and so today, the encouragement for all of us is let, let's not be floaters who, who drift from God or just go through the motions doing, you know, quote unquote, Christian things that, that you know, we're doing it on the surface without our hearts being into it. Instead, let's genuinely be passionate about our God who first loved us and, and love him in, in, a, in a way that Jesus tells us in Matthew, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's what we're called to. That's the standard. That's what love is. It's with all of us, all of who we are. And, and so, uh, you know, at that point, when, when we do, when we really love him in that way, we, we won't find practice or the workouts burdensome because of our love for him and our holy competitiveness. I kind of came up with that today. I'm sure someone else has used that before, but just kind of this idea of holy competitiveness that, you know, Coach Campbell's looking for players who love football and are competitive. And, and for us, that, that holy competitiveness is that desire to, to, to love God with all we've got and then to go for God with all we've got, to be competitive to, 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 to witness to people and to love people well and to, to show people who Jesus is and to love them the way that, that Jesus loves us. It's this com- kind of this competitiveness that drives us. And then we can be effective and obedient and joyful followers of Jesus who experience eternal victories. And so we're competitive for eternal victories and, and excellence, eternal excellence, and, and that holy competitiveness. Um, so I may have to do a whole Devo on, on that concept, but, uh, but, but anyway, uh, this whole, uh, this whole idea of, of, of love, it's, it's loving God. That's, that's what drives us to obey. And so we have to take a look at our, at our own lives and examine, am I just floating? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just a casual Christian or, or am I, you know, all in and I, and I, I love God so much that I want to be fully surrendered. I want to go where he wants me to go. I want him to do, I want to do what he wants me to do, no matter the cost, no matter what, what's required or asked of me, I'm in. And it, it, we can't just do that in our own strength and we can't just muster up enough. It's got to come from a deep understanding of who God is, how much he loves us. And, and then in response, it'll be this love for him. So you're telling me the God of the universe sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven, so that I can live forever. Uh, yeah, I love God. I love that he would do that for me. I love him for who he is. He's, he's perfect and righteous and wonderful and holy and faithful and, and, and good and great and all those wonderful characteristics that we could talk about all day. That's the God we love. That's the God we're invited to know. And, and so let's live a life of loving him which then allows us to obey him and follow him everywhere he wants us to go. So there you go. Uh, that's, uh, that's our unpack this topic today. If you have any thoughts on the Detroit Lions, you could also uh, chime in 
uh, with with that as well. Uh, and and Henry, if there's anything you'd like to to throw in there and and add, uh, feel free to uh, to jump in. I was in the background. I'm about ready to go ahead and pass the collection plate. You preaching right about now. <laughs> go ahead, bro. go Amen. ahead, Bryce. Amen. Yeah, well, thanks, there, there's a lot actually. There is definitely a lot more meat on that bone to cover. I love what you talked about when um when you talked about uh, Coach Campbell's words. It says it's not about being perfect. It's not about loving God and remaining to committed to Him. And about floaters, it and it, it also talks about going to and fro with the wind. You have to, you, don't we always talk about you have like two types of athletes. You got the athlete who seems entitled. Well, I'm only here. You need me. I don't need you. Hmm. You you are you're you're only good because I'm here. Hmm. And then you got the other athlete who knows who's not going to be the all pro, who's not going to be the all NBA, who's not going to make the first team. But you know what? He's going to show up each and every day. And he's going to give his hardest. He's going to give his best because not for himself, but for the value of the team. Hmm. And that and that same way, and you even mentioned it, that same way, God says the first commandment is to love him with everything that we have and not leave anything behind. And you even mentioned Christians. I, I, we were just talking about this in church, that we don't like lukewarm Christians. Just same way in the Bible. The Bible says that if if you're lukewarm, you'll be spat out. You're either hot or you're cold. You're either one way or the other. But just don't go through acting like a Christian and just going through the motions. Mm. It's the Bible says that if I do, I can give the shirt off of my back. But if there's no love behind it, my actions don't mean anything. Mm. I could be the best singer in the world, but if there's no love behind it, I'm just a, I'm just a noisy voice. So you, you so you were, you were definitely on it today, Bryce. Awesome. Well, thanks, Henry. I appreciate that. And man, yeah, that, the idea of lukewarm, I, I could have kind of gone, gone in that direction with this with this topic as well. Uh, and, and that verse is is really talking about when when water is hot, it can be you know a lot of value to hot water. I just had my morning coffee. You want hot hot water for that? But then also water can be great when it's cold. It's refreshing. And I jumped in the pool yesterday, refreshing water. So you got to be hot or cold, but that lukewarm water, what are you doing with lukewarm water? You can't do anything with lukewarm, but hot and cold, you're good to go. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, we want to be, we want to be uh, you know, hot and, and, and passionate for the Lord and cold and refreshing and, and, and helping people experience the refreshment of, of, of God as well. Um, so that's a, that's a good word from, uh, from Henry. So I appreciate that. All right. So. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can leave your comments anywhere you're watching right now. Uh, Henry's keeping an eye on the chat uh, as well. We'll do tap drill with him in just a little bit. But let's get to some of the other, some of the other big sports stories today. And earlier today, the one guy who is not my favorite athlete, but he finds himself getting in the news more and more, it's Kyrie Irving. And last week on the show, if you listened, I, I sort of, uh, joked around just saying, eh, he might as well just retire or go play in the big three, uh, which I was watching a little big three last night, uh, Ice Cubes League. Uh, man, it's the, it's the dark days of the summer now, isn't it? Um, but uh, <laughs> I also watched a little of the, uh, the A-Rod uh, game last night, which we'll talk about during, during the MetaShare moment. Um, 
which I like that Michael K. Alex Rodriguez uh, broadcast. It's pretty good on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night baseball. But anyway, the uh, the Kyrie Irving story is intriguing to me because I'm fascinated that he still thinks he has a lot of value in the NBA, but initially, very few teams are actually interested in going to get Kyrie Irving. For one, he may not be interested in playing for many teams, but it looks like him and the Nets are moving on. They're open to him looking for a a sign-and-trade situation, and apparently, when you get into the salary cap logistics of all this, it looks like he actually has to pick up his player option, which is like $36 and then potentially get traded, and that's the only way he could end up on a team like the Lakers because the Lakers don't have enough cap room uh, to make it to make it all work the the way if he if he just if he didn't pick up his player option and then tried to re-sign and then get traded it makes it more complicated so it's all very complicated in moving Kyrie but if they don't want to be together they'll figure out a way to get him out of town and he's going to find himself somewhere else I do think the Knicks are a possibility it seems like the Miami Heat are going to end up with somebody because they have so many assets but I don't think they have a championship team. So I, th- I still think the Heat are one kind of star player short. But when you look at their bench and how they won this year, they, ma- they made a great run and lost to Boston. So now all of a sudden they can move Tyler Hero and, and you'd hate to move Bam. But maybe you go get Kevin Durant. Because if Kyrie's gone, is Durant going to stay? Because who are they going to get? And then the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, he'd love to get Kevin Durant but the Blazers don't have enough to trade and, and get him. And, and so, you know, where does Duran end up? Where does Kyrie end up? The, the, the next couple of weeks are going to be absolutely fascinating. And everybody's trying to catch up with the Warriors because all indications are the Warriors are going to bring their players back. They'll go way over the luxury cap, uh, luxury tax, over, they're way over the salary cap, and they're going to keep their core in place. And so, to me, they're still the team. And then you got the Bucks who, to me, nobody's better than Giannis. Giannis is still as dominant as anybody, Steph maybe. Uh, the, both of those guys are kind of you know, equal in different ways. And, and so the Bucks are going to be back in the mix. So everybody else is now trying to maneuver. Uh, and then the Celtics, of course, who were in the Eastern Conference or in, represent the East in the finals, they're only going to get better, but they're going to have to make some tweaks. They probably don't really buy into Marcus Smart as their long-term uh, starting point guard. So they, they may, but they're not bringing Kyrie back. So I don't know what other star point guards are even available. So they're going to have to try to make some smaller moves to beef up their, their roster a little bit to stay in the mix. And, and then of course the LA Lakers, you know, who I root for, but I don't root for Kyrie. So I see how him and LeBron have won before. So part of me goes, all right, maybe they can win together. LeBron's about the only guy that can get the most out of him. But I don't, do I really want to watch that? Uh, I don't think so. I probably don't. I'd rather Kyrie go to the Knicks. Sorry, Henry. I'd rather him just go there. Just, you know, he can be the star. Just let him, just let him go there. Do you, want him, do you want him, Henry? You want Kyrie? Are you kidding me? We have enough to deal with. with, with and I, will, I'll, I should have apologized to you guys. We had to send your boy Kemba away. In right. that in that massive thing called the NBA draft on Thursday night, I stopped watching because my head was so dizzy from all the trades, not just with the Knicks, 
but with all of the trades that were going on throughout the entire draft. Yeah. But but to your particular point, um, no, we don't want we don't want Kyrie Irving there. Let me let me not let's not get it twisted. Kyrie Irving is an all NBA talent. There's no denying that. I mean, when he's on the court, there are very few guys that can keep up with the level of talent that he has. His problem is that just like you talked about earlier in Unpack This, does he love the game of basketball or That's does right. his outside interest control the way he control the way he feels? You're yes. talking about you're talking about he in the three years that he's been, and we're not even going to talk about Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, the first year he was injured, so we're not really talking about him. But Kyrie Irving hasn't been available for the Brooklyn Nets. And we're not talking about the injury portion of it. The the bubble, we're talking about not getting the vaccine mandate. However you feel about that one way or the other, he wasn't there. And then there are times where he just decided that he wanted to take off for a couple of weeks, didn't tell his team, didn't tell his coach, didn't tell his management. That's just too much drama in a New York City in New York City where you're already under a microscope in Madison Square Garden. There, the, you guys would love to have a star again. You're look, you're you're begging for a star. So yeah, but I, not him though. I know, I know. No, not I feel that Kyrie. way with the Lakers. I feel that way with the Lakers. It's it's go get somebody, just not just not Kyrie. So then, where does he end up? I mean, does he go? I, I, I seriously, if it's not the Lakers, the Knicks. I mean, maybe the Clippers. They've got some other pieces, but they'd have to give up a, you know, the rest of their bench because they're not they're not trading Paul George or Kawhi for him. Oh God, so, no, 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 no. So it's it, it's going to be very very interesting, and that's like I said at the the top of the show. This time of year, I love the possibilities. I love playing with the trade machine on on ESPN. I like to guess where these guys are going to go. It's going to be cool. So going back, though, a little bit to the the NBA draft, I thought this year's draft, the players, uh, this was a deep draft. I found myself seeing a lot of the guys from March Madness, which some years it ends up being maybe a lot of European players or guys from the G League. We had a couple from the G League this year. Uh, but more so like in the top 10, I'm like, wait, who are these guys? Where are they coming from? Whereas this year, all right. Yeah. Keegan Murray. Yeah. No, I remember him and, and Jay Nivey. Yeah. These guys are, these guys are good players. These guys are contributors. These guys will come in pretty quickly and, and play well uh, in the NBA and, and make these teams better. So I, I thought it was a, a wonderful kind of crop of players. It makes me excited about, you know, this year's NBA season, but I will say the coverage was not great. The, the broadcasting coverage of the draft left a lot to be desired. And part of that, Henry, the confusion too, where you're wondering, wait, what are the trades going on? I mean, I kept looking for a screen to pop up to explain what the trades were, and it just seemed to never happen. I mean, it was like, are you? what are we doing here? It's like they threw the draft together. Uh, Landon, did you find the, the, this to be the case as well? I did, but did anyone see Stephen A. Smith sit on the podcast silent for 20 minutes? After the Knicks didn't pick a player, a single player. So that that's another interesting topic where you have a broadcaster who's an open fan of a team, which normally I'm okay with. But I would say that I like I, I want guys to be honest with who they root for, and I understand you know media members are biased toward their their favorite teams. I'm okay with that because I am. I'll, t- I'll tell you about the Hornets and Panthers, and I'm viewing it as a passionate fan. But when you're covering the NBA draft and you act like a child, 
and you're paid $10 million. I mean, come on, man. That was, that was over the top. And I know I like Stephen A., but that was over the top, and it, it represented the frustration for, for Knicks fans. I, I get that. But we're tuning in to get some coverage of the draft. I, was flipping, I had both channels on, ESPN and ABC, and I'm, I'm looking for some good coverage. I like Jay Billis. Kendrick Perkins was okay. Um, but it was Adrian Wojnarowski. He's too worried about his phone and tweeting out the picks. I don't care about Twitter. I'm watching the draft. Give me insight on the draft while I'm watching it on television. Like, what are we doing? So, so that was uh, that was the frustrating part for me. Yeah, Bryce. I don't even think half the people on the coverage set knew where the players are going to when they were traded. It was so frustrating. Now there was such just uh, a lack of information and clarity because on one channel we've got the the guy crying. Uh, on the other channel, we got, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski looking at his five different phones trying to figure out, wait, this phone tells me that the Pistons are, are in the trade. This phone tells me the Giants are, are the, uh, the, the Knicks are in the trade. Um, so I was very confused. One of them said the Giants were in. I mean, it was so confusing. We, we thought that Odell Beckham was coming back to the, the Giants. It was, it was just insanity. Um, so, so anyway, it was, it was just a wild, wild draft. But, but I, I do think, I'll say this as a Hornets fan, the Mark and a Duke fan, the Mark Williams signing was fantastic. So I was absolutely thrilled about that. If you guys remember throughout the March Madness run, I was very high on Mark Williams. He was my guy. He's, he's the, the, the player from this year's Duke team that I was most excited about as a Duke player and even now as an NBA player. And the fact that he's coming to my hometown team, I'm thrilled about. So, uh, so that, was, that was one of my favorite picks, of course. And then you know Duke had multiple multiple picks in the first round, which is a big deal. Uh, one other uh, story to touch on that, that also involves the Charlotte Hornets, but this is a bigger topic for, you know, just sports in general. The Hornets brought back the coach. That, it was funny because la- on last week's show, I joked that the Hornets should bring back James Borrego, who they just fired. And I wasn't that far off. They brought back Steve Clifford, who they fired before James Borrego. And so now Steve Clifford is coaching the Charlotte Hornets again, nobody else wanted the job. So they had to go look around and say, Hey, will anyone take it? Will anyone take it? It's kind of like with Kyrie. Hey, will anyone take Kyrie? Will anyone take Kyrie? Oh, a division three school might take Kyrie back. He's still got some eligibility left, doesn't he? Uh, so the big three is looking for it. They got to add some talent, but, uh, but anyway, the Hornets get Steve Clifford. And so I was curious and CJ, our intern looked up other coaches that have returned to the team that they once coached. Now, of course, successfully, Bill Jackson, he returned to the Lakers. Uh, so they had a little uh, you know, little issue with him and Kobe, but they mended fences, and then they were able to, uh, to win some, some – they won two championships uh, together once he came back. Uh, Mike Brown with the Cleveland Cavaliers was fired in 2010, rehired in 2013, um, but then he was fired again in 2014, <laughs> so that didn't work out too well. Uh, John Gruden. We, of course, know he was with the Raiders, then went to the ESPN booth. Uh, or no, he was with the uh, Bucks before that, then the, then the booth, and then, then the Raiders. Um, and so, uh, let's see, no, Raiders, Bucks, booth, then the Raiders again. And now we don't know where John Gruden is. Has anybody heard from John Gruden? So kind of a sad end to, uh, to his football career, it seems. Uh, but the Raiders did go back to the well uh, to get him. And then I know we've got a lot of uh, UNC fans that listen to this show. Uh, Mac Brown returned to UNC. So uh, he was there 98 to 97. 
and then came back in 2019. So uh, we'll see how things things turn out. And of course, Landon is going to be going to to UNC this fall. Uh, so he's excited about that. So anyway, those are a couple examples. And then even staying in Charlotte, Marty Herney, he was the Panthers GM, left. Actually was working at a radio station that, that he was at. Uh, and then he came back to the Panthers as the GM. So uh, pretty, pretty interesting uh, <laughs> for that to be the case uh, with the Panthers as well. Uh, even my alma mater, Buzz Peterson, he was the coach at App basketball left came back coached at basketball didn't end well so hopefully things end a little bit better for steve clifford and the charlotte hornets but but always uh always fascinating when when people come back to uh to where they once were bryce how about the mike d'antoni story i thought there was like 20 interviews with mike d'antoni and i was so set on him being the coach you wanted him i i was i was prepared for it it seemed like that was the only guy we were going to interview yeah, I know his name was definitely thrown around a lot, but I think ultimately they realized he's older. I think he's 70 and, and Clifford's 60, but uh, I think they knew they knew what they were going to get with Dan Tony because we've seen this this play out. He was with the Knicks and the Lakers and the Rockets and the Suns, of course, who had some success, but it's just kind of this it, it, things always ended the same way. Whereas with the Hornets, Clifford, he maximized the talent on the roster. I think they believed in that. Say, hey, let's let's bring him back. Let's let's see him get the most out of Be- out of uh, Lamelo Ball, and and so they they went with him. I'm okay with it. Ultimately, I just think it's kind of embarrassing and a little crazy to to do that. That that was the big thing for me. Do you think Steve Clifford will be better than James Borrego? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I uh, I liked Borrego, so I'm bummed that Borrego's Borrego's gone. I felt like he was building something. I felt like you got to let it, you got to let it play out a little bit longer. So now the big, now the big question is, will miles bridges come back to the Hornets or where, where will he go? I still think he comes back. I know Detroit was mentioned at at, at one point, but Phoenix, maybe possibility Deandre Ayton. I mean, there's some things thrown around there, but, but I do think miles bridges returns to the Hornets. So a lot of NBA stories to keep an eye on. Would love to know your thoughts or, or questions. Uh, surrounding the the NBA, uh, and 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 then of course, in the next coming coming weeks, uh, you know, NFL training camps will will start beginning, and so this time of year is when I shift my attention to you know, NBA off season and then fantasy football. And so, if you listen to this podcast, I do want to give you a, a heads up that the fantasy football fellowship podcast is returning. And I think we'll even launch one this week. So, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll be having uh, a bunch of fantasy leagues for you to join with unpacking it as well. Uh, so be, be on the lookout for that. And then also we're relaunching our Fantasy Football Fellowship website, uh, which, which is going to have even more content this year and give you some options to be a part of Fantasy Football Fellowship, even in your own fantasy leagues. So you can still be a part of it in your own leagues. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, but it's time to ramp up the fantasy research and doing some mock drafts. So, so it's a fun time of year. Now, you may, you may ask or wonder, hey, why don't you guys talk more hockey? The Stanley Cup Finals was last night. And, and congrats to the Colorado Avalanche. I believe they, they won and, and held up the, the Stanley Cup trophy. And I think within five minutes, they already dented the poor trophy. Uh, which was a which was a bummer. But here's the thing, I like the sport of hockey. I when I when I 
grew up, I played in the street. I played street hockey, never on ice. <laughs> the idea of skating and playing hockey at the same time seems way, way too difficult for me. Um, but but I, I like the, the sport. I enjoy the way that it's played. I, I love the excitement of, of hockey. But here's the thing. I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with the players. I'm just not familiar enough with the players. And like, I'm not watching college hockey to get an idea of who they are. So at least with college basketball, like it, fl- it flows into the NBA, college football, you know, you see some of the, especially the quarterbacks, the wire, you know, a lot of the key players, and then I see them in the NFL. So there's just this disconnect with, with hockey for me. And then like we have the Carolina hurricanes, but I don't have a Charlotte team. We have a, a minor league team. So I just never have gotten into it. I've never been to an NHL game, which I know people have told me you got to go and I'd love to. So if you want to give me some tickets and we'll go to a game, that'd be fun. Um, I'm open to it. So I'm not anti, I, I actually, I love the sport of hockey. I just can't find myself getting into it. And I've even tried to turn it on in, in recent weeks and I'll keep an eye on it. And it's fun to see a goal. It's like, oh man, this is sweet. And the, the crowd's as good as any crowd in sports. The, the, it's the best professional sports crowd. I would say, um, you know, baseball playoffs get pretty good, but, but I, but I think NHL hockey, you know, NHL stadiums, arenas, their fans are as diehard as, you know, college basketball or college football fans. It's like, it's on that level. And that's really, that's really cool. Uh, but I'm not keeping up with, you know, what players are getting traded in, in the NHL. And, you know, let's face it over the years, ESPN hasn't covered it a lot. And so I'm kind of a byproduct of, of ESPN. I mean, when I was younger, I probably kept up with it more because ESPN covered it more and I watched SportsCenter more often when it used to be on all morning long. But you turn on any show. I mean, PTI barely talks about it and, and some of the other shows. Sports radio rarely talks about the NHL. So it's just not a mainstream sport, which is really interesting uh, because I don't think anybody would say, oh, I, I hate that sport or that's not a great sport. No, it's an awesome sport. But for for some reason, it just doesn't get... The, it's not talkable. It's not, it's not one of those sports that's talkable. And, you know, some people don't even like the NBA, like watching the NBA, but they really get into the offseason because it's fascinating. It's a soap opera. Where's Ky- Nobody likes Kyrie, right? But we're all fascinated where he's going to go. To care that much about a guy we don't even root for is a funny thing, but that's just how it goes. So that's my, that's my take on, on, on hockey today. But anyway, let me, um, let me share the meta share moment of the week and speaking of fans atlanta braves fans they're still loving life after winning the world series but last night they welcomed home their former love their former guy the 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 one that that helped bring a world series to atlanta last year and now he's playing for the la dodgers freddie freeman and the metashare moment of the week was when he received his World Series ring right before the game. So it was his first game back in Atlanta. The crowd cheered for him. They went nuts. It was actually a pretty emotional setting. And it makes sense because I think people understood that they couldn't commit to him to to, to give him the big contract. L.A. is always willing to pay everybody, and he got a good deal. He's he loved Atlanta. They loved him. And and in sports, we just we we as fans we have to accept this sometimes that our favorite players end up leaving. 
trust me, I am all in favor of guys starting and ending their career with one franchise, especially when it's the franchise that I, I root for. Uh, to see Cam Newton in a Patriots jersey is bizarre. I want to see Christian McCaffrey finish with the Panthers and LaMelo Ball. Oh, please don't leave. Please don't leave the Hornets. Um, to watch Larry Johnson, one of my favorite players growing up in a Knicks jersey. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Sorry, Henry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Freddie Freeman in a Dodgers jersey, you know, it seems weird. But to see him there, the appreciation, the emotion, the excitement, the, hey, we can, we always will have this moment. We'll always, we, we will forever be linked as World Series champions together, regardless of who he plays for this year or you know, for any other team that he plays for. And that's the crazy thing in sports, too, is that the team that wins, that very rarely does everybody come back. A couple of years ago, that's why I made such a big deal about the Bucks when they brought back everybody. That was a fascinating story to me because it, it rarely happens. That for one, you bring back the stars. Like, usually you, you can maybe keep the core but oftentimes there's a guy on a contract, you know, uh, about to become a free agent. So he's going to leave. So that's usually the case. And so even if the Warriors are able to keep some of their players, uh, it'd be remarkable. Even the guys like Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and those types of guys. Um, but it's just so with with the Braves, you always have that moment with Freddie Freeman, even though people go their different direction. Uh, and fans will always have those memories, always have that uh, love for Freddie Freeman. So very cool moment that is your metashare moment of the week check out metashare.com slash unpacking it and uh if you didn't check it out earlier you can go see my beautiful family on that website uh we're kind of we're kind of the face of the website now so uh metashare.com slash unpacking it and encourage you to check that out all right so now we're gonna do tap drill we'll wrap up the show we'll bring back henry we're gonna hear from landon he'll chime in a little bit as well uh but henry why don't you uh we got what uh, five questions today, so we're uh, we're loaded for tap drill. All right, shout out to the shout out to the guys there with the with the uh, the questions following up with the questions that I got up with. The first thing I actually talked about was um, Benedict Matherin of the Pacers. He was the first round pick at number six. Had this to say about going up against LeBron James next season. A lot of people say he's great. I want to see how great he is. I don't think anyone is better than me. He's going to have to show me that he's great. So, guys, are do we like the fact that he just got traded? He just got drafted, and he's going after arguably the greatest basketball player ever before even putting on a uniform? It's over. He's done. He is done. I mean, this was such a bad decision. Listen. <laughs> Last week, there was a story that came out with Chase Claypool talking about, you know, he sees himself as a top three receiver in the NFL. People laughed about it. And, you know, the memes were going around. What do you mean top three in Pittsburgh? Now, I actually appreciate Chase Claypool's mentality. He views himself as a top receiver. Well, great. Good for him. Go be a top receiver. And, and so he's not, he's not, you know, downplaying anybody else. He's not mentioning anybody else. He's just talking about being confident in the type of wide receiver he is. So I embrace that type of confidence. This type of confidence, ripping on LeBron James, who's been the best player for 20 years. Are you kidding me? Don't do it. It's silly. It's unnecessary. You haven't done anything. You were okay at Arizona, but you weren't great. 
and now you're going to Indiana, a team that's not very good. You're going to be irrelevant for the next four or five years anyway. <laughs> and even then, even then, we'll see if you can emerge. So, I, to me, this is crossing the line. And uh, so, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, no, I don't like the, the misguided confidence here. I love the confidence, but when your confidence borderlines on delusion, yeah. Now, now, now we got a problem. I love the fact that you want to go up against you want to go up against LeBron because if you watch the draft, sometimes you'll hear one of the questions they'll ask a lot of the of the draftees. Hey, who is it that you want to see? Who is it that you're that you're willing to that you're waiting to go up against? Now, if he says I can't wait to you know to test my skills against LeBron, that's cool. That's there's no problem yeah. with that. When you get on when you get on the court with guys that you've idolized for years and now you're on the court with them, you want to see how you stack up with them. That's no problem. But when you literally call out one of the greatest basketball players of all time and say that he's going to have to show me, um, <laughs> dude, you just got there. Oh, we haven't even so seen you play in the summer league. We yeah. haven't even played summer league basketball yet. How do we know that you're not even the best rookie? Much yeah, less I mean, more. it's just so outrageous. It's and so then, outrageous. And who's to say that you're even going to get on the court your your first year? <laughs> yeah, this is that, that. I I don't I don't understand it. That's that. Dude, yeah, uh, Shannon goes on and says this isn't the W. Well, the WWE It's not the WWF anymore. But you're not cutting a heel promo. No. Okay. This is not the WWE. Okay. That's you right. gotta you gotta earn your time before you can start calling out the best players in the world. Absolutely. All right. All right. Here's a, here's another one. Um, uh, buried in all of this, we had Rob Gronkowski retiring again. The first time he retired because he said that he was just in so much pain he couldn't move, he couldn't get up in the morning, and we understood that Rob Gronkowski is a big dude who was a very, very, very good, very good tight end, probably one of the best tight ends in history. So he's taken a lot of hits over the years. And we understood the fact that he didn't want, you know, he didn't want to play anymore. That's understandable. Then Tom Brady goes over to Tampa Bay. And then I don't know if you've ever seen the little video of uh, Tom calling, calling Gronk and Gronk running. And he's like, <sighs> I'm here. I'm reporting right. for duty. So now he retires again, and there's video of him of, of youngsters, probably seven or eight year olds, teaching him how to do the gritty in his first day of retirement. I don't know how that went, but um, do you uh, do you think that if Tom Brady calls him to say, "Hey Gronk, these guys don't know what they're doing. I need you to catch the football," you think he's going to come out of retirement again, or is he not even going to pick up Tom Brady's call? All right. So the the narrative that that I've been listening to is. Gronk just doesn't want to go to training camp. Gronk just wants to, you know, he wants to get paid more. Maybe he'll come back midway through the season. That may all be true. That might happen. But here's here's my hot take, so to speak. I think the Bucks are I don't think the Bucks are going to be as good as they have been. I think they're going to take a step back and I don't think they're going to be as close to a Super Bowl as they've been in years past. And so when it gets to that point where Rob maybe would consider it, I think he's going to go, eh, I don't buy it. I, I think there's too many good teams in the NFC. I don't think the Bucs can do it. It's not worth it for me. I'm not coming back. So I think he's done. I think the Bucs are done. I don't think they're going to win again. And 
here's what always happens. Once you, once you flirt with retirement, I think it's over. And, you know, Brett Favre came back from retirement, you know, and he did okay, but it was, it was not great, right? It was, he had the one good season. He was okay in Minnesota. But then when he flirted again, he came back and he went to the Jets. It was really bad. I'm afraid that this could happen with Tom Brady where I knew he was going to come back. I knew he wasn't going to retire. But I just don't think that – I don't think he's going to carry the momentum this year. Uh, and so I just don't think the Bucs are going to be as good, and I don't think Gronk's going to come back. So I think he's retired. Goodbye, Gronk. He's the man. I like Gronk. I think he's, he was great for the NFL. He's, he's not necessarily a great analyst, but hopefully he can still be a part of the game, be a part of you know, even TV in some way. They just have to find a unique role for him. Um, I was listening to uh, maybe it was Dan Patrick or somebody talking about, you know, Tony Saragusa, who sadly, you know, passed away this past week, but he had a unique role in broadcasting as that third guy. And I don't know if Gronk could be on a game, but there's some unique way to incorporate him into sports because who doesn't like Gronk, right? You got to, as far as a broadcast goes. So, uh, so anyway, that would be my, my take on that. Yeah. Gronk it's, is kind of like that spice that you have in the spice rack. And you just throw it on. You just throw it on the food. Just makes it seem a lot better. Football is always good when you got characters like Gronk. When you got characters like Beast Mode. You don't necessarily want them on your Fox New, your Fox uh, Sports, but you definitely want them involved. So that's right. Gronk, Gronk is always, always is good to have. So now going back to the NBA draft, uh, two new Oklahoma City rookies with the same name took pictures that imitated the popular Spider-Man theme when you have the two Spider-Mans saying he's the imposter and he's the imposter. So now what do you think of Jay Lynn, L-I-N, and Jay Lynn, L-E-N, Williams being on the same team? Coach is going to have a hard time, don't you think? This is the silliest thing. And I, but I, but I actually think teams should avoid this. I, like it's hard enough. Like just the Celtics, for instance, we were just watching in the finals. You had Grant Williams and Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. Somewhat confusing. Like even for fans, it's like, wait, what Williams are we talking about? And and so to have the, a guy with both named Jalen, Jay, I, I mean, are you kidding me, Jalen Williams? Um, this is. this is this is a problem like someone's gonna have to be a nickname someone's gonna have to drop their name because otherwise it's just not gonna work like even for the for the people that cover the team the reporters the the radio announcers what what are you gonna say Jalen with an I Jalen with a or Jalen with a Y or Jalen with an E it's just it's just silly so Landon where do you come out on this yeah I was watching the second round of the draft and I saw Jalen Williams get picked I'm like didn't he just get picked in the first round yeah. And I look back at it, the Thunder, both Jalen Williamses. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is not going to work. There's no way. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to add up for me. So I, I think it's a mistake. I think you have to avoid it. You, you, you can't let this happen on, on, on the same team. It's bad enough in the same league to have the same name, which we've seen a couple times. Uh, but on the same team, no way. All right, next question. All right, Michael Jordan, when he ha- when he drafted – a player. As a matter of fact, he was on the phone as talking about Williams. Another Williams, Mark Williams, was on the phone with them. And after selecting him, he said, even though you're a dookie, I take pride that we drafted you. So now, do you think going into, whether it be an NFL draft, an MLB draft, do you think GMs take into account, well, I'm from North Carolina. I can't draft a dookie. I can't draft a guy from Duke. 
Now, do you think their fandom gets in the way of making the personnel decisions? So a few years ago, the Hornets passed on Justice Winslow from Duke and drafted Frank Kaminsky, and I thought it was the most outrageous selection. Justice Winslow hasn't really panned out, but I didn't like that move. So I guess I questioned it because for a while there, I mean, think about it. The, the, the Hornets or the Bobcats, they drafted Raymond Felton and Sean May and – Tyler Hansbrough was on the team at one point, but they also drafted Gerald Henderson. And mm-hmm. so in I some ways, guys, yeah. in some ways, the bigger question for the Hornets is, Hey, maybe you guys should watch some other teams and go beyond <laughs> just, just watching the NCAA tournament and ACC <laughs> basketball. It might help you a little bit, but um, you know, they draft Kemba because Kemba was unbelievable in the tournament. But, uh, but anyway, as far as I do think it factors in where there is a bias if you're a GM or you're, you're more familiar because you know, you have connections with, with schools that you went to, you're going to, you're going to tap into those schools. And then when it comes to the rivals, you're not as connected with those guys because that's your rival. And and so I do think it, it, there's a filter there, but then when you get across a player, that's such a perfect fit, like Mark Williams was custom fit for the Charlotte Hornets and what they need. And, and so you can't, Oh, he's wears a Duke jersey. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. He's he's no longer a Duke. Now he's coming in the NBA. You absolutely embrace it. You have a little fun. You joke around. No big deal. So I do think it, there's some level of factor, but then you say, all right, we got to go for it. Absolutely. Landon? To me, if you draft a guy either from Duke, Gonzaga, or Villanova, you have to draft them. If they're in the draft, you have to draft them. They're smart players. They're good players. And they always somewhat pan out. Somewhat. Uh, I don't know about your Gonzaga theory. But we, <laughs> we drafted Adam Morrison and not so much. That is true. Not That's so true. much on him. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, can't, I can't go there. <laughs> and our last, uh, our last tap drill, and I'm going to call an audible on this one. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't talked much baseball. But, again, I guess it's a, it's a, a, a mid-Atlantic uh, bias. Um, Aaron Judge is on a pace to hit 60 home runs this season. He actually has a chance not to just carry the New York Yankees into the postseason. He literally has a chance to bring back baseball. Because, again, just as you said, Bryce, you don't hear a lot of baseball talk other than the home runs and the strikeouts. And for whatever you feel about the home run record, Aaron Judge actually has a chance to put baseball back on the map so guys what do you think of Aaron Aaron Judge's home run endeavor yeah I mean in some ways yeah we love the home run but we've already seen it like we've already seen the big time home run records and the home run chase and I I mean trust me the the summer of of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa I was all in um actually my mom sent me a picture uh she's going through a scrapbook of me wearing my Mark McGuire jer- uh, shirt. It was a shirt, not a jersey. And so I was all in on that. But I, I'm not sure that that still moves the needle as, as much as it, as it once did. And, and, and maybe, you know, there are plenty of Yankees fans across the country. But for the non-Yankees fans, are we rooting for Aaron Judge? Eh. I mean, he's, he's likable. He's fine. It's not, that I, it's not that I don't like him. But is he must-watch to where I'm tuning in every time he's at the plate? I mean, that was the case with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Um, that, was, that was really fun. So can he get to that level? Because what's at this point, 
uh, are we as enamored by the records? I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I just don't think that's the, the same the same level as it as it once was. So we'll see. Yeah, to your point, this this time of year, uh, you you put this in the in the in the format. You know, what else are we watching? This 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 is it's the summer, so it's baseball. It's baseball time. So baseball gets a little more love. Uh, we'll be tuning in a little bit more. Um, but it's I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm trying to go to a go to a game here soon. We have some some local minor league baseball teams, so hopefully I'll, I'll make my way over there this summer. Um, but we need some. We need a ton of stars. Now Bryce Harper's injured. We need a ton of stars in baseball. That's always what it comes down to, and they have to continue to make the tweaks to the game. So it's kind of the same conversation. Uh, we we got to have shorter games. We got to have more stars, and we that would draw us in. And until we get there, I'm not seeing the buzz. I'm not having you know guys aren't texting me. Hey, did you see Aaron Judge? So when that happens, then we can talk more about it on the show and and that sort of thing. But I know that you're in the you know the the northeast new york area uh so so people are passionate about their yankees there's no question about that so i hear you on that well henry appreciate you good job uh thanks to uh henry and landon and cj and chris and thanks all of you uh for listening and and thanks for for those of you jumping on the chat especially shannon one of our loyal listeners and, and great supporters of unpacking it appreciate you and all your comments today uh and thanks to everybody else that that supports this show uh, all of our listeners, we have so many wonderful donors uh, that give financially to Unpacking It because they love the show. They love the devotional. They, they love uh, what we're doing here at Unpacking It. And, and so it's our passion to challenge, encourage, and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. And, and so we can't do it without you. And so we're, we're, we're thrilled to be able to link arms with you. Uh, if you'd like to support our show and support our ministry, uh, you can do so. We're, we're a nonprofit ministry. Uh, so you can go to unpackingit.com slash donate, unpackingit.com slash donate. But we'll be back in a, in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to take some time off to, uh, to refuel. Uh, we're still going to have other podcasts coming out. So we're just not going to do the live show, uh, but we will have some other podcasts uh, for you to listen to. Uh, and, and hopefully you've caught up on some of the, the previous guest interviews that we've done the last couple of months. A lot of wonderful guests have been on the show. And so maybe this summer as things slow down and not as many sporting events to watch, you can catch up on some of those as well. And then we'll also have the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast uh, coming out soon as well. So for everybody here, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. And as we talked about today, let's not be floaters. Let's not just go through the motions, but let's truly love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's be passionate about him, passionate to obey him. He saved us. He loves us. He invites us in to know him. And and so let's not just float and drift through life. Let's live with intentionality, intentionally seeking him, loving him, following him, and enjoying him for who he is and what he's done and, and, and just his, his willingness to uh, allow us to experience his glory, experience his presence and experience his love for us, uh, which is amazing. So let's rest in that today. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. 
For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.